guys. Welcome back to the Transform Your Life podcast. How are you doing, Ashley? I'm doing great, babe. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I have a little question for you. Oh, huh? Yay. Bring it on. What's up? You ready to go? Okay. (laughs) What is feeling fun for you right now? Ooh, what's feeling fun? Um, so I would say all things summer are happening at our house right now. We have our garden is just starting to pop up all the little um, sprouts and things. I actually just the other day finished getting the rest of the plants in. I got a whole bunch of sage for my mom, which I'm going to dry and turn into like smudge sticks. So that was a bit of a like major, not tour, but like a fun big thing. So that was fun. The garden is really exciting. The pond right now, the kids are just like in their glory. Yesterday, my husband put, we have a big raft. It's got a slide on it and it floats out past the dock. So it's for whatever reason, this raft is like, I don't know why, but I mean, it's to me, it's just another dock, right? Um, But the kids are, they spent over an hour in the pond with Cam just the other day. So I would say just all things kind of summer that we haven't been doing a ton of just weather wise. Um, Our chicks, we grow baby chicks are growing up. So it's fun to watch them feed them. The kids are loving that. And yeah, just being outside right now is a really fun time for us because of just the new things that are showing up because of the season yeah that's so cool what about the smudge sticks what do you have to do for that you essentially grow sage and then you wrap it with something right yeah so i have to do a little bit more research i've never actually made them okay but um i've used them and i've used sage from a garden before so when my my mom owns a greenhouse and she's just at the end of her season so She's like, I have all this sage, I have all this lemongrass. I'm like, ah, that's us. Um, the bees, we also raise bees. We're a bit of a funny farm. As I, as I hear myself talking right now, I'm just like, girl, like, what are you guys up to? Um, so we also, yeah, we also raise bees. And I, apparently they really love lemongrass. So we got a big flat of lemongrass and we got a big flat of sage. And it's back to the sage. It's um, basically going to grow and we have two dehydrators and we'll dehydrate it. I'm not sure if you just dehydrate the whole stock or if you put them all together in like when they're still just not dry so they don't crumple. Um, I'm not sure. So I'm excited kind of to just even try it, but I'm going to have a shit ton of sage. Um, So if I mess up one batch, uh, there'll be loads more that I can um, use for the next batch kind of thing. So yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And it's funny because as you're talking, Ashley, all I'm thinking is like, oh my God, that sounds like so much work. (laughs) That's so not fun for me. So I love how we have, we're so different, right? Like I'm like, oh my God, all of that sounds like so much work. Um, And so it's interesting. I think that like, hell no really shows up for me as soon as you start saying that. So Uh, funny. Yeah. And so for me, I would say um, two things. One of the things I've really noticed was I d- haven't really prioritized play over the past mm-hmm. couple of years of my life. And I have no idea. But ever since my last period to now, yeah. play has showed up so much. I'm like, oh, I really want to climb that tree. I really want to like explore in nature. And I have no idea what happened since this last moon to, to yeah. this. But I've really recognized that. And then we also bought bikes and that was uh, my husband's father's day present so I got one for myself and then we got the bike trailer and it's very funny because a I'm not a biker but b I'm a very ambitious person so 
this weekend, I was like, oh, we'll hook up the bike trailer. Yeah. We'll put both the kids. We will just adventure. Yeah. That is like loading up a barbell with a hundred pounds, <laughs> doing a squat and being like, I'm good to go. So this weekend has been very challenging and humbling in terms of my ambitious biking and then also dying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. So we also have a bike trailer. I just um, got a bike from my father-in-law actually, who's not biking right now. He has a shoulder issue, but um, yeah, I haven't actually hooked it up, but until you explain like the death of pulling a hundred pounds, I, in my head, I'm like, Oh, this will be so fun. We'll just like scoot around and yeah, I'm, I'm rethinking that because the stroller part of it, ours turns into a stroller, super smooth and slick. So maybe I just stick to walking because that sounds, that's a bit of a hell no for me. Like yeah. the idea of like slogging up a hill with my kids attached while I bike. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't sound fun to me. It's yeah. laughable to me because I can picture you totally <laughs> being like competitive in your own mind about it being like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. There's no other option. We're doing it. And also like sweat pouring off of And the you. kids screaming, faster, <laughs> faster, oh go faster. I'm yes. like, oh, this is so funny. Um <laughs> So yeah, I just, that's what's showing up in terms of fun and prioritizing it. I'm like, oh I my God, it. I love it. Like I sent you those pictures the other day of like climbing a tree. Yeah. I had she's I, in a dress, she's <laughs> in a fucking dress and she's with her son. So she sent another picture and Theodore's with you. He's in his Spider-Man jammies. I'm like, you guys really are doing the inner child thing where it's totally. like, I don't give a shit what I'm wearing. Let's go play. Let's like, totally. No, nothing holds you back in the same way that a child like I sent Nolan out today. He's wearing his Spider-Man short pajamas and he's, that's what he wants to wear. Right. Just that kid aspect of like, it doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter what I'm wearing. I want to do this thing. So I'm going to do this thing. Totally. Totally. So yeah, that's been awakened in me and that's felt very fun. So, <gasps> and you don't know why, just like I have, since I, your I, period. I have no idea why. Cause I was looking back at like the dates and mm -hmm. the pictures and I'm like, what? is this like what am I doing and I was I'm like is did the bikes inspire that but we're not even out on the bikes I was just like oh we should go climb trees tonight feels like that sounds so fun I'm like I have no idea why I want to do that but I feel a strong urge and there's a few that you can essentially climb and they're get you from one side of the water to the other side of the water so like what? we're practicing like wrapping the legs around hugging the tree like as we're going across oh and I have no idea why so so when you originally sent those pictures I was like oh she is being a good mom like I'll bet Theo wanted to do that and she's like okay we're doing it I had no idea that it was actually yourself inspired like I want to climb that tree absolutely that's and so cool yeah because right. I think that happens a lot we do a lot of the things that we don't want to do necessarily because our kids show such a keen interest in doing it and so we just kind of like buck up and do it I know I do that tons of times where it's like I have a million things I want to do right now and you just want to go fishing. Okay, let's go fishing, right? But I think it's amazing that that really came from your inner child versus being like, I'm going to mom it here and just do the do. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. I feel like for a couple of years I forgot to have fun or like forgot what um, was fun for me. So, yeah. And it's funny, like we, we've talked about this before, but when we revert back to those childhood tendencies, right? That's how we naturally 
heal. That's how we naturally connect. Kids do it innately. They haven't been, they haven't outlearned some of the things that, well, and probably Theodore and Felix are getting on that path of like, oh, I shouldn't cry in this situation or, oh, I can't take my shoes off here. Or, I should be insecure about the shirt I'm wearing, right? I'm just starting to see that. Um, but that like really childhood, young, I'm just doing what feels good to me right here in this moment. They're super present, right? They naturally ground. They cry when they're sad or hurt. And I think it's really beautiful that you're spending more time exploring that. You mentioned too, the other day, you're like, I just need to roll around in the grass. I'm like that. Felix did that just the other day. He's like, mom, you can put sunscreen on me in a minute. I just have to roll in the grass. And I thought of you, I'm like, that's just so kid like it's so playful and they just do it because it feels good and we often I think we're so stuck in the world of I should I should I should versus tuning into that I want to do this thing and it's going to feel really good for my soul and it makes no sense at all right like climbing a tree where you're like literally this is this serves no purpose except to bring me joy in this very moment right like I think that's just totally inspiring I think it's inspiring thank you you're welcome you're welcome yeah I can't explain why the nudge was there but it's really cool that it's showing up so yeah I'll keep embracing it I'm gonna I'll try to be more aware so that I can notice those things because I do I like I will do those things but it's very much a like okay I guess I guess we'll do that thing um so maybe turning off that mom mode brain a little bit just to be in that place Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Now we've talked about what feels fun, yes. but I also kind of want to talk about what doesn't feel fun right now. And for <laughs> me, that is damn online learning. I'm right? so done. Yeah, I think that's the overarching feeling for so many people, um, us included. It's been for me. It shows up a lot of. Sometimes it's guilt. Sometimes. I'm a little bit like, yay us. And other times there's just so much uncertainty. I don't know if my kid is where he's supposed to be. I don't know if we could even possibly cover half of the things that are, you know, asynchronous or synchronous or like there's, for me, it's, we never really know if what we're doing is the right thing. Are you finding, what are you finding shows up in that space for you? Because for you, it looks a little bit different um because you and Jamie are both home and so are we but um it's you and Theodore and then it switches to Jamie and Theodore how are you finding he is how are you finding that you and Jamie are like what shows up for you right now yeah so a couple of weeks ago we had um my father-in-law ended up in the hospital, which pulled my husband away and so as soon as that happened I was back to juggling all the balls and also at the same time managing the emotions of what's going on with my husband and his father-in-law right it's the last um, parent that he has left and he's just like I hope he's gonna be okay so I think as soon as that showed up I was just like as soon as there's tears we're not doing it (laughs) we just give up so as soon as that started happening that's exactly what our course of action was I emailed the teachers I said this is what's going on you may notice that like Theodore is here but may not be here and we're just going to take it pretty flexibly for the month of June and then I just honestly said do you think he's ready for grade one do you think there's something that 
we should be working with on with him? Are there certain meetings that are priorities for the week and things that are a little bit more like we don't have to be there? Sure. So as soon as I sent them that email and we kind of got that, we brought down the expectations and then right. he'll log on occasionally, but there's times he doesn't feel like it. And I'm like, I'm good with it. <laughs> Choose something different. You want to go for the bike ride. You want to do something different. And I'm just honoring that versus feeling like, okay, we sh need to be in online learning every single day. And I think as soon as I let go of like, um, let go of caring, but also just allowed it to be versus forcing it in to be totally perfect was really helpful for, for us mentally. But yeah, he's, I think he's, he's so done with it that mm -hmm. it's hard to make him show up and like forcing him to do it, especially without the second parent there is, sure. is challenging. And do you think part of it is like we are at the end of the school year, totally. right? It's would it would it look different for you if this was February? I think so. Right. I think, like, so. I think part of it, too. And our teachers are, are very much going, you know what? We know that June is we know that everybody's busy. We know that the weather's nice. We don't want kids sitting in here on screens with us when they're they're done. Right. And I think back to when I was in school, it's like. June, as soon as the report cards are done, it's like track and field and right. Like it's so much, you have gym twice a day when like it was, you know, three times a week prior to that. Um, you go outside at the end of the day because what the hell. Um, so I think everybody's still feeling that June mode um, and then trying to, you know, do the online learning. I think it's really good that you guys have let go of that and just entered a more flexible um, piece. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I too also spoke with Felix's teacher and, you know, asked, is he ready? Because I think not that I think with online learning, it becomes difficult to compare. Not that we should compare. I know that we shouldn't compare. Um, but we do, we want to know where does my kids stand and are they ready? Right. And one of the ways we do that is in relation to their peers, right? Oh, your kid's reading. Oh, your kid's not reading. Oh, your kid knows his numbers, right? Like all of those things. And so um, I find with online learning, that becomes a very challenging understanding mm -hmm. because it's not a very accurate snapshot of what a kid, right? Like I, when I see Felix, he's like often laying down, looking at his screen, like he's just, right? Like he's, he's floppy. He's, he doesn't want to be there per se, whereas at school, like, would he be sitting at a table and actually like engaging? I, I don't know. So it's, I find that tricky. I was speaking to um, a friend of mine through a book club that we're doing, and I was explaining to her how difficult this was. And she is a previous teacher. And within the group, there's another, there's another person there who's a principal. And I said to them, I was like, I literally do not know how anybody is fucking doing this. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I have a teaching background. I only work part time. My husband is home. I don't have other kids in school. And I'm like, how the fuck do we do this? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and we have taken a different approach to it. But still all of that same guilt shows up, right? Like, I'm like, Oh, what do the teachers think? Do they think like, this girl, like she's a teacher and she doesn't even care about school. She doesn't even show up for the meets and right. And I'm just, yeah. So that piece was really for me needing to let go of that has been really huge. Um, and we, we are, I know 
we've talked and I've talked in length with his teacher, but I also am aware of some of the things that he needs to work on. And he's also in French immersion, right? So it's, it adds another layer. If he was not in French immersion, I don't think I would worry so much, but I'm like, I can't teach you French all summer, right? And we've missed a lot of, um, or we haven't done a ton of the, the French things. They haven't provided a whole, a whole ton um, because parents aren't French, right? So it's just been this really like weird navigation, but just releasing the guilt mostly for me is, is huge. Um, and also honoring all you parents out there who are doing it or not doing it or doing parts of it or anything, kudos to you um whatever you have chosen for you and your family trust that that is the right path because everybody's path is looking different and again we're comparing but there is there is really no comparison and you are I try to remember this you are the expert on your kids you are the expert on you and no outside force knows better than you do because you are in it. You, your kids chose you. And so what you end up doing is always in the best interest of your child. And so I encourage you to also let go of that guilt and the comparison because we're all in the same boat. Our boats look a little different, but we're all just sailing this weird fucking sea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And what what comes to mind when you're saying all of that, that I think online learning has really presented, is I think the frustration, the anger, all of that coming out so strongly every day and then recognizing, like, I just don't want to be frustrated all the time. I don't want to have that be the dynamic within the house, but it is hard to keep it calm, cool, collected all of the time when you're, when you're doing those things. So I think if you're recognizing that a pattern of those frustrations happening, um, consistently, I think it's going back to the drawing board or just letting certain things go and honoring what is um, meant to be in that way. Sure. And that was something that I said at the beginning of this next kind of like third lockdown was I'm focusing on the feeling in my house. And as soon as it feels tense, as soon as it feels tearful, as soon as what, why are we pushing up against this wall? Why am I pushing up against this wall? And it did. It happened last Friday. I had clients and I wanted to get Felix's writing done before I went to the bunkie and he was trying to draw a dinosaur that was guided on like YouTube or whatever. And he was struggling with it. So the tears came. I'm like, okay, let's just jump to the writing part. Oh my goodness. Meltdown. Like he went to his bed and was like, I don't want to be alone. I'm so sad. I'm like, oh my goodness. I have to go to the funk right now. But, and so I was just like, we're done. We're calling it a long weekend, bud. No writing today. No reading today. I'm like, this is totally not the teacher in me. This is the mom. And we are letting it go. Right. And I think you're doing that too, where you're just honoring, you know what, this is not worth the emotional battle. And I do think there's definitely things that our kids have to do that we have to help them get through. I feel like we've been getting through for so long and it's just for what? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's too, or we've done it enough that we know that they have the skills there. Yes. If it was something like, oh, they've given up, 
and they never want to do math or they never want to do writing. Right. It's like they don't want to do writing again because blah, 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 blah. But most of the time they're doing that. And that's kind of when we're making a decision, is this really a priority or not? You can recognize areas where it's like, I don't want to try because I suck at that. Right. And they need to go through a little bit of suck with that versus, you know what? They actually are pretty good at writing. They are pretty good at that thing. And you recognizing as their parent, you know what? Doing another activity associated with it, this, it's okay for them not to participate. And I think picking and choosing where you're going to focus your energy with that is really important as their parent too. And I think that's the difference between resilience and giving up. Right. Mm -hmm. Is knowing it it comes back to knowing your child where it's like, yeah, right now, this isn't your norm, but you need a break. And so we're going to honor the break versus being like, okay, I, you hate this because you're not good at it. And that means we need to keep working at it. We need to keep practicing is, um, is really huge. And I think it's tricky for teachers right now because that's normally what they do, Mm -hmm. right? Like knowing your kids in your classroom is how you grade them. It's how you love them. It's how you assess them. And all of a sudden that knowing piece kind of is removed because you're just seeing 20 of them on a screen at a time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm, how are you feeling with, so Angela and I both are oldest, Theodore and Felix are both graduating senior kindergarten. And so how are you feeling with the closure of that? Normally there would be, um, like a graduation ceremony and like the cute little things that kind of go along with that. And how are you, what is that showing up like for you? Or have you thought about it? I haven't even thought about it. I was like, Oh yeah. Kindergarten. There's, they're going into grade one. They're going to be a big boy. I haven't really given a lot of thought to that. I was (gasps) thinking like, yeah, end of the year celebration. I think because I don't really know, you probably know more. So Mm -hmm. you probably know that how different kindergarten class is Mm -hmm. to grade one class because you were in that, you felt it, you know what that looks like for me. I just envision, and I may be way off my mark that like in kindergarten, it's more play-based learning. A lot of it that it's very like free flow fluid, I guess is, is more so what I envision Mm -hmm. versus I think grade one would be more so like they have to sit at a desk and write certain things versus the big, like the circle uh, circle sort of thing. Am I right with that or no? Um, So I haven't been in the classroom in quite some time, but I would say you're you're right. They are trying to embed more play-based learning into the upper grades, like grade one, grade two, all the way. I mean, they say up to grade eight, but like really. So, and that would have been what I originally thought was, you know, in grade one, they have to sit at a desk. Things are more structured. There's more work, right? But with COVID, our kids, there was no circle time. There is And it's different in every school board and it's different in every classroom and every teacher does things a little differently. Um, But my understanding is there's a lot less of that um, free flowing play that normally shows up very clearly in kindergarten. Right. But now all of a sudden we have to sanitize toys. So this is your group. This is your cohort. This is right. So a lot of those things that they might see in grade one, I think a lot of kindergarten students have already seen. Mm, Interesting. Right. You sit with your one person at your desk or your table and you have to sit there all week versus maybe 
last year, it would have been more like, ah, pick whoever you want or, or sit whatever spot you want. And it changes day to day, whatever feels good. Right. And so I think a lot of that structure has already shown up for those younger students. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Two things showed up for me when you were talking there. One of them is, will we ever go back to that, that mm-hmm. part of mixing and will that be September? And then also the other thing that's showing up for me is, do we need to make up what our kids have missed? Will we need to adjust the curriculum? Everybody's pretty much in the same spot, but I do think that some kids probably have been able to naturally keep up in the way that they would naturally keep up in a classroom. They're probably a-okay. But what about everybody that's kind of in the middle or beneath the middle? And that is, I think, probably a lot of teachers' concerns. So there's, depending on the school board and the marking system, but generally there's level one, level two, level three, level four, right? And your level four kids, those are the kids that are like above and beyond. They're doing like a grade or more above, right? Um, Awesome. If those are your kids, like they're totally fine, right? I think those middle and lower kids, it becomes more of a challenge because most parents, I would say, don't necessarily even know what the curriculum is, right? We can all search it. It's all like right there online on the ministry, but nobody's, nobody's nobody has the friggin' time to do that or the, like, right? So even if, even if you do go to that, honest to goodness, it is very daunting. Even if you're a teacher, like if you go, when I go there, I'm like, holy crap, all this stuff for math? Like there's, right? So even for math, there's four strands. And within that strand, there's a multitude of expectations. So there's number, sense, and numeration, and there's geometry, right? Like there's so many different aspects that is very, even if you do go there, it's so overwhelming, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I'm not sure if I have a good answer, except that, As a teacher, I can tell you what I am doing for my kid um, now and over the course of summer to alleviate anxiety, stress, pressure, whatever you want to call it, um, in our home, but also not losing ground as far as academics go. Um, And there is generally, we know as teachers that the summer, it creates this like there's a weird gap. So even if your kid is reading at a certain level, probably mostly we assume they will lose two levels before they start school again, unless, unless they're reading. So if you do nothing else, read, read every single day to your child, with your child, have them read, doesn't matter. The biggest thing that you can do is invoke a love for reading. And if your kid can't read, that's okay. Read to them right? And really bringing out that joy. Don't slog through it being like, I know you need this book. I know you can read it. You can do it. And bringing out those tears being like, you know what? Oh, you don't want to read this book today. What if we do every other page? I'll read a page. You read a page. I'll read a page. Right? So making it or they're like, I don't want to read. Okay, let's pick a harder book and I'll read it. And you just listen and enjoy. And that's so important in terms of our routine. So we do that at our home, two books before bed every single night. Sometimes when we're at somebody else's house, Mm. that's not something that we would um, be doing. But at our house, it's just part of our daily routine. And I think when you make it so ingrained that we do it, there's, yeah, maybe like, oh, I kind of want to do trouble and wrestle with daddy first before books. But it's not like a 
books are optional. It's like, we're doing books. Sometimes you pick, sometimes Sully picks, sometimes Sully eats pages, but like (laughs) it's happening regardless. And we just know that it's happening. And I think the more that we instill routines into it versus it being this laxy daisy, sometimes we read, sometimes we don't read. It's more like once it's part of your daily routine, your kid's resistance associated with it, I feel like is a lot less because they're just, they assume it's going to happen. They know it's going to happen. Even if like they don't love it every single day, you're at least making it part of that um, routine. And I think that that's great that you've been able to break it down to this is one priority that you can really uh, manage throughout the summer. I love that you brought it into routine. We've done that, but a little bit different. So one thing, if your kids don't like reading, like if they literally friggin' hate it, pairing it with something, (laughs) this sounds horrible when I say it out loud, but pairing it with something they don't like more. So for my kids, they, and I don't know if this is right or wrong. Actually I do. It's probably wrong, but my kids watch TV before bed. They do. They get a show, like they each get a show, but then when the shows are over and brush teeth and do the things, then it's like, okay, you have time for X amount of stories or you can go to bed. And they're like, stories? Like, hell yeah. So they run and grab their books. I'm like, oh, if you guys don't hurry, you're not going to have time for stories, right? So because we were noticing that resistance where it's like, no, we don't want to read books. We want to watch it. We, or, yeah, we don't want to read books. We want to watch a show. So as soon as shows are over, right, now books become this like, well, you can go to bed right now or we can do stories, right? Dad will do a few stories with you if, right? So it turns it into an exciting thing versus it being something that like, oh, we have to read books again. And choice is so important there. That's exactly what I'm hearing when you're saying that actually is like, I mean, our kids are younger and I don't know if this works with older kids, but I feel as It works more with older kids. Think of yourself as a teenager and having choice or versus just being told what to do. Yes, but I mean- You could go like, what do you want to do? Or you can go, do you want to do this? Or do you want to do this? And actually, we do that a lot, I would say, in our house where it's like, okay, this option or this option versus the like, okay, well, what do you want to do? My son's like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, do you? Okay. All right. Choice. So we just give two choices. And he's like, okay, do I want this or do I want this? And I think that that is so powerful, even for them to start um, comparing that that and it's interesting the way that you've set that up in terms of choice before bed for sure and it's it's honestly it's literally I do it with so many things but it's it's what you pair it with right so if I say do you want to read stories or do you want to watch shows they're like uh shows I'm gonna watch shows until I literally pass out on the couch would be the choice like no 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 (laughs) so the choice is stories are bad all of a sudden it's like oh well not bad right so it's about what you pair it with and it's the same with um one thing that people ask me a lot is like how do you keep your house clean with three kids and lots of times I don't like it's it's not always but it's something that's really important to the way I feel in my day is the tidiness of my home corresponds with the tidiness that I feel inside my soul weird fine cool if you can let go of that piece amazing I still struggle to do that but when it comes to tidying up, my kids do it. I help them. Like, obviously, it's all age appropriate and they do things that are meant for them. But it's like, Mom, can we watch a show? Mom, can we have a freezy? Mom, can we go outside? Yep. As soon as this is done, then we can do this. So I find that the first then, so first this, then this really works. 
in conjunction with kind of that choice piece and pairing it with things that are more desirable or less desirable. Ah, you know, it's so cool about what you just said there. That's exactly how I suggest people set up habits. There's Mm. this thing that you really love to do on the other side of this habit that like, or this, this thing that you don't really want to do. Yes. So that's like, whether it's exercise, et cetera, et cetera. You can have that when you have or you can move to the next thing once you've handled this thing. So for example, for people that are like, I really love starchy carbohydrates. I'm like, cool, rock the starchy carbohydrates, but you need to eat your vegetables first. This thing that you don't love Mm -hmm. before you move on to the thing that you're really looking forward to. And so it's interesting the way that that, when you were talking about that, I'm like, it works so well habit wise of like, you can't do the next thing until you suck up the thing that you really don't want to do. And that kind of reminds me too of I don't know. Have you read the five second rule by, um, what's her name? Mel something? No. Okay. This book is so cool. So her like whole spiel is like, doesn't matter what it is. You're going to go five, four, three, two, one and go. You don't give yourself an option of like, okay. So it works really well for getting out of bed or like doing the workout or saying no to whatever it is that you're trying to say no to, but you do not give yourself an option. It's five, four, three, two, one and go the same way that you would. Uh. If like say something was happening with your kids, it is a complete emergency. You are going to get your butt out of bed and you're going to deal with that emergency. Like, right away. This is literally giving my whole body chills as you say this. Yeah. And I mean, you can do it with your kids. You can do it like anytime, but you have to be aggressive of like, it'd be the same if there was an emergency that you literally needed to handle. Your basement is flooding. You're like, I'm I'm going, you need to invoke that within you of like five, four, three, two, one. There is no other option. You got to do it. And I think I love that. Oh my goodness. Good. I mean, I didn't create it, but like, it's so Good. Oh, it's right? way better than the five second rule that I thought you were going to talk about. <laughs> like, yeah, we totally eat raisins after they've been on the floor for five seconds <laughs> yeah. or 10 or like, I don't know, a month, whatever. <laughs> totally, totally. But yeah, no, it's, it's, wow, it's so I good. I love that. So I'm going to use that. When you say that, when you talk about getting out of bed, that's my like, I've been really working to get out of bed earlier so that I can do a workout or, you know, do the things that need to happen in my house. And it's actually connected to a different book called um, The Perfect Day Formula, which you actually suggested for me. Um, And it's the second time I'm reading it. But it really talks about that, like getting up early and the way that that can really impact your day. But I struggle with it. So I'm going to use that where it's like five, four, three, two. I might count slower. (laughs) Five, four. (laughs) But you have to. One is like, no, No. we have arrived and it's time. And whatever you need to do think about actors they are always like provoking thoughts to create emotion you can do the exactly same thing if it was an emergency you would do it and it is kind of an emergency if you want to get closer to your goal or you want to just get shit done because you're not gaining anything if you want to get up earlier and you're not doing it you're not actually gaining anything by doing it you're further making it so that that habit is not ingrained you're further promoting the fact that things aren't going to change um but yeah it's it's so good and it's so funny just like circling it back to that like bringing out your inner child Mm -hmm. I've just started Felix doesn't really require this but Nolan really really responds to your middle child yes my middle child Nolan and he's a bit of a firecracker like he's 
are more challenging, which I love. Like, I love that he's a firecracker. A um, little bit more pushback from him. If he doesn't want to do something, he doesn't want to do something. Felix a little bit more pleaser. He's like, oh, yeah, that's going to make you happy. I don't want to do it, but I will, you know, do it. Coralie, she's just like a ball of energy, just like wild and happy. But Nolan, I've noticed... It's so funny because we talk about this like countdown thing. I give him, actually it's a count up, but I'm like, okay, when I count to three or when I count to five, you need to X. And that really seems effective. Like, oh, which is so funny because this is really exactly what we're talking about. And it brings it back to that like inner child. What we respond to innately is that like sense of urgency. It's so cool. I just, yeah, made that connection. So. I love it. I love it. I think you would really enjoy the book, but I'm interested to see when we touch base in Mm -hmm. future podcasts, if you're finding that to be really helpful. But the interesting part that I comes up with that is I think so often people are afraid to like, um, talk to themselves. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, they're like, Oh, being their own coach, being their own like person, putting those thoughts in, but Mm -hmm. thoughts are going in and out all day. Like you're either like, reinforcing like the five, four, three, two, one, let's go. You're either reinforcing that or you're like reinforcing whatever it is that, Oh, my bed is so comfortable and I don't really. And the more that we put those thoughts, we're saying them in our brain, the more that we further promote either bad habits or maybe not the life that we're wanting. Like, I don't want to get out of bed because my life sucks or I'm not having fun or versus putting in the thought patterns of like, I want to have fun today. I want to get shit done today. It's the difference between conscious and almost unconscious, right? Like unconsciously, we have like this weird rhetoric in our head where it's like, oh, we have to get through the morning and I need another coffee. And oh my God, here we go with online school, right? Like that's like the unconscious. I'm not necessarily choosing those shots or thoughts, but they are showing up, right? And based on what I'm thinking, feeling, saying, doing, right? And what's in front of me. Whereas what you're talking about is a lot more conscious, like a conscious approach. Today is going to be great. And whether you say it in your head or you say it out loud, right? Right now, I need to do this thing. It's a conscious, it's very like specific, forward. And I think we get, oh, that's weird. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I can't talk to myself like that. We talk to ourselves in our head all the time. We tell ourselves we're fat. We tell ourselves we're ugly. We tell ourselves we're unworthy. We tell ourselves, right? Like without saying it. Yeah. You're totally right. Right. So it's about, I love this. It's about reshifting what those words are. And for me, it does, it sounds a little bit wonky, but I do say a lot of the things I need to say out loud. Totally. And I mean, let people think you're crazy. If you want them to think you're crazy, but I, even this morning, actually, I said something and you were like, Oh, what, what did you say? I was like, I was actually talking to myself out loud. Yes. And I just think as soon as we let that go, like, okay, say it out loud. If that helps you, if it is better to be beside your partner, tell them to put their earplugs in. I'm going to need to say this out loud. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one, let's go. Yeah, honestly, it yeah. is right. And it's so funny because I actually, we're on a real book topic here, but I was reading, I don't know if it was The Power of Now or Awakening to Your Life's Purpose, but it was something by Eckhart Tolle. I'm not mm. sure if I'm saying his name properly. Um, but And he talks about one of the stories that he shares in this book is there's a lady on a bus and she's like 
talking out loud to herself. And you can tell that she's mentally disturbed, right? And the thought pattern of a different guy watching her being like, oh my God, she's talking to herself. She's like, oh, I got to get this at the store and I got to do this. And really like having an outward conversation, almost oblivious to the people around her. She's just having a conversation with herself and the people around her are going, oh my God, she's nuts. Oh my God, she's nuts. And he really draws the attention to, she's less nuts than we are because we just do all of that in our head. She's just doing it out loud. Totally fine. But the outward perception being like, oh, I'd be cr- you're crazy if you talk out loud to yourself. But you're already doing it. You're already doing it inside your head about a million things all at one time. And I find too, when you say it out loud, everything else stops. Yes. Right. So when we're in our head, that's the thing. There can be a thousand things I've got to do. Oh, and this and right. Like it's, we don't talk that way, the way that our thoughts show up. But as soon as we start speaking, I need to do this. No other thoughts can come in. You're saying that thing. Whereas when you're saying it in your head, there can be 27 other things that are also being said. And it's a jumble and a bounce around. It almost makes it real. Yes. It almost is this piece of it that's like, oh, yeah. Now versus, I think in our brains too, we, yeah, we do bounce around. But I also do think that like, sometimes if you think something, do you not think to yourself like, did I actually think that? Was that real? Was that not real? I think our brain, when we're perceiving it, we almost second guess thoughts. We almost are like, oh, did that actually happen? There's like this non-belief a little bit of that piece. Whereas as soon as it's out loud, it's like, okay, yeah, this happened. This is real. It's so, it's so different. Whereas I think sometimes with thoughts, they bounce around so often that sometimes we are like, I don't know, is that where deja vu comes in or where those things were like, did that actually happen? Did that not happen? Well, and I've said this before and I, there's, my sister-in-law says this sometimes too, and we both do. Okay. Was this a dream or did this actually, right? Like exactly. We literally are like, I don't know if I just thought this, I said this, or if it was a dream. Yeah. But as soon as we say something, it becomes concrete. Mm -hmm. It becomes something that we trust or believe in. And that's why affirmations become so powerful in when we're trying to manifest something or Mm -hmm. change core beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? So if you start your day with 27 I love myself affirmations, even if you don't believe it, by saying it, it starts to become real to your inner self. Totally. Totally. And what I found really helpful with affirmations, I find a lot of, I love affirmations, but I find that sometimes with affirmations, people don't actually believe it yet. So I think in that like transition stage before they're at like, I'm there. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I found really helpful for me as I was um, transforming into the person that I am now was I'm the person who is, or how did I word that? Um, You used the word becoming. Becoming, yeah. How did I word that though? Slipping. The the person I'm becoming is, the person I'm becoming is, because at the time I was like, Okay, well, I'm not super fit. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> uh, I'd like, I don't have a pro card in uh, my show. Like, and before I could get there and be like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm there. It was the person I'm becoming is 
fit. The person I'm becoming is a professional athlete. The person I'm becoming, and then I got to a place of like, oh, I can taste you. It's kind of like the million dollars, right? Like I'm a person that has a million dollars. If you're like, holy Hannah banana, I don't have a million dollars. Yes. The person I'm becoming has a million dollars. I find found that wording to be helpful for me in that transition stage versus it feeling like such a leap of like, girl, you have a hundred pounds to lose. You are not fit yet. (laughs) You're totally. It bridges it. It makes it possible. Totally. And so then it's like, okay, yeah, the person I'm becoming is that. Right. And it's the difference. I'm what I picture is there's two cliffs. And so you're saying, I'm not on this cliff. I'm on this other cliff. And you're like, no girl, like you're actually, you're actually over here. Right. But all of a sudden I'm becoming creates Mm -hmm. that bridge. I'm on my way to this side. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, I am. I've taken two steps. I'm on the bridge. It's a bit rickety. I'm falling apart Mm -hmm. here, but I'm on my way. Totally. Totally. Okay. What do you think, babe? I I feel like we might be coming up on the end of today's episode. I loved where we went today. I don't know. It's funny. We have to be very honest with you guys. Before we hit record, we're like, what are we going to talk about? And then we make a big list and then we just start talking and then it happens so organically with no plan. And we just love that you guys are along for the ride. And it's, it's so it's so funny. Anne said to me, we're both sitting here, we're like, ooh, pregame jitters. Like we both get nervous before recording every single time, which is also pretty funny because we both don't have issues public speaking. We are pretty outgoing, belligerent sometimes, but very honest people, generally, I would say. And um that anxiety still shows up for both of us. Totally. Um but Anne said to me, right before she hits play, she's like, I'm gonna ask you a question, but I'm not gonna tell you what it is. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and she hits play and we're like welcome to the transfer I'm like okay I'm, now it's percolating right but totally and anyways. it's funny because for the past hour we've been like just brainstorming and I mean we had to organize kids and do all of for that sure. leading into it but it's funny because yeah I don't know it's funny because we have this big long list and yeah. we have like a starting point and then it just goes totally. and so thank you guys for joining us on this ride we don't really ever know where it's going either yeah. so we just um, let it show up and I think sometimes that's the best part about it that it's not here's your five steps to do x y and z that we just let it happen and then we share two perspectives i love how your perspective is differing from my perspective based on our own experiences so yes i i bring it back every it makes me giggle almost every time because i think you and i are so similar and yet like wildly 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 different totally it's yeah it's neat but anyways thanks guys we will catch you next week on the transform your life podcast and um thanks for joining us okay bye bye